Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwoodell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? Buddy, I couldn't be better. <laughs> I know that's entirely different than our pre-show conversation, but you uh-huh. know, it is, it, it, you know, things, things are looking up. Baseball's almost here. Final Four's this weekend. Uh, you know, it, it, we got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I feel like even you were chuckling about that. Yeah, well, hey, listen. Sometimes, sometimes you got to put on the mask of positivity, so it's not just all doom and gloom. <laughs> but it is, in fact, a mask for you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You, I can still hear. I can hear it when I talk. How swollen my mouth is from the dental procedure today. <laughs> misery. But we survive. We move on. Well, I am. Uh, I'm back using my proper computer after couple of weeks and the thing that is really troubling me right now is there it is i gotta go into this program and uncheck automatically adjust microphone settings <laughs> because it's just uh it's changing my microphone volume dynamically well and i mean it, that's why not, not? Right. yeah that's what we're looking for we're looking for the computer to have a mind of its own exactly right Exactly right. And that's 100%. This is apparently going to happen for this entire episode. So that's super cool. Don't ask me why it's happening because these settings are, in fact, checked off. But, uh, you know, everything as the Lego movie taught us is awesome. It absolutely is. It absolutely is, buddy. How are you? uh, How are you feeling about the sports world in general right now? I mean, it's all just kind of crazy. Like, you have obviously the Final Four. You have, like, NBA winding down, NHL winding down. We're getting ready to, to I mean, hockey playoffs are the best time in hockey, if only my team mattered. Um, I'm, yeah, I saw they fu- lost last night. They lose every night. I'm fully wow. excited for, I'm fully excited for the Sixers to melt down, I'm sure. Oh, you don't, you know. no spoilers. As I haven't seen any of the games, so I don't have anything to spoil. I'm sure they're doing enough spoiling themselves. Absolutely. Why wouldn't they be? Ugh. Well, it looks like my microphone and volume is just going to dynamically change uh, throughout the course of the show. I, it was a Zoom problem before. I don't 100% know what problem it is now, but uh, here we are. And, uh, <laughs> you know, everything is all. Everything is always awesome. But in reality, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm ready for, I'm ready for... F- you know, it, this to have like I'm ready for the sports playoffs to happen so we can start to get the serious drama that matters. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, let's do this, you know. Well, I have got BavadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We've got some we've got some final four action, Gregory. We've got some uh, NCAA championship futures. We've got women's final four action going on. There's a there's some good women's teams in this, uh, in this final four here, a very, very fun UConn team, a very, very good uh, South Carolina team, almost, uh, 
almost a bummer, you know, that that uh, UConn almost almost lost a really tough, really, really, really good game the other night. But I mean, they're just loaded. Dude, South I watched Carol- the uh, I watched the end of that game last night, the double overtime game with UConn and NC State. It was wild. It was yeah. a fun game. It was a Be- really was really the, fun game. The best game of either either tournament. Yeah, I think by far. I mean, just the the shots that were being hit, the clutch, uh, the clutch moments that NC State to force a double overtime. Like, it was it was so much fun. Like, such a fun game, and it's a bummer. Like, if you're a sports fan, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's men, women, whatever it is. That was just a fun basketball, well played basketball game to watch. It was awesome. Yeah, where do you where do you stand on? The WNBA draft rules. What, like, I mean, I guess they're allowed to come out early, right? Isn't it like a three-year thing or two-year thing? Well, yes, but it's, you know, it's a far cry from the men's rules. Well, of course. But, I mean, I guess I guess really the question becomes, like, the earning potential is different. So for, I think there sure. has to be some sort of modified rule to it. I just don't know what it is. You know, I don't know if what they do now works best, but um, it, it just, it, I think it really kind of depends. I think now with uh, like NIL and things like that, it's it's a little bit better. I mean, staying in school isn't as daunting in terms of financial gain, but mm-hmm. um, it's so hard with the like popularity and, and the amount of money that is able to be earned once you enter the actual league itself. Like, What's the high contract in the WNBA? It's like two hundred fifty thousand, something like that. Well, the, the highest coaching contract is substantially higher. Well, yeah, of course, but I mean, I mean, from a player aspect. Well, I mean, is it? You yeah, had, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think you had to overpay if you were going to take Becky Hammond from the W from the NBA, where she was a potential head coaching candidate who was going to make significant money. Look, and like I, I get, I get that it's higher than the player's salary, but that's that's part of the game. I mean, there are players in every sport in every league that get paid more than others. It's how it works. There's coaches that get paid more than people too. Like there, are some coaches get more money than other coaches. That's how it works. The more ridiculous WNBA thing is the fact that that New York Liberty story is even a thing. Where oh yeah. They couldn't. They they were getting threatened for the franchise to be taken away due to chartering their own plane. Like competitive com- advantage, Gregory. Right, but so competitive advantage is a thing. Like that that ha- that happens when it comes to ownership being willing to invest in their team. And maybe if if that ownership sets an example, it provides other ownerships the ability or the thought to, hey, maybe we should step up and treat these, you know, treat these athletes like professional athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. And so, I get it. Financially it's tough. I'm pretty sure I sent you that story. I think um, you did. The uh, WNBA draft rules, the league requires draft entrants to be at least 22 years old during the year in which the draft takes place. It's a tough one to put an age on it. It's a tough one to put an age on it. I think well, that it would have to be 22. modified. Yeah, I think, I think that has to be something that's modified. More uh, Looking more towards like a school year or something like that versus, versus an age itself. Can we, uh, I mean, no disrespect to... The, uh, the 2022 crop, because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, outstanding basketball players, including uh, Kristen Bell. <laughs> mm, wow. Didn't know she played basketball. No, and she's uh, 6'1", and 
at Florida Gulf Coast now. But we're just we're just waiting for this 2023 class, right? Aaliyah Boston, Paige Backers, Caitlin Clark. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a lot of talent. A lot of talent. It's gonna be awesome. This is I mean this is exactly what the WNBA needs. Well, they just they just need superstars. And like you mm-hmm. had it, you had it for a while. Like Diana Tarazi Prime, etc. Like you had a number of pretty big name female basketball players, and then there's sort of been a lull. Like, and there there are some people. Like, there's definitely higher higher caliber players that that had some star power coming out of college. Yeah, but nobody's really sort of grabbed the ball and ran with it in the way like people like Tarazi ran with it. You know what I mean? Oh, Deladon is. But but again, in that conversation. She's the one that I'm thinking of, and I I just don't think, based on personality and based on, uh, just not not apprehension, but this the sort of unwanting of the spotlight is what it feels like. Um, so you want just more fe- flamboyance? Well, not even flamboyance, but I just I need I need you out there more. Like what she does is great. I mean, she's got partnerships with Nike, you know, all those, all those things, youth basketball, all that fun stuff. Like it's, she's definitely out there, but it just doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like it's enough. Plus with the whole, all the pandemic stuff. And then she obviously didn't play cause she has, you know, preexisting conditions. So like, that's tough too. Like she went from being the MVP and winning a championship to then sort of not not being around, which is not her fault. Obviously that's, that's a completely out of, out of her control type thing. Um, so it's just, it feels like she sort of faded into the background a little bit, which is tough. Well, what about, what about Stewie? What about Asia Wilson? But Brianna Stewart tore Achilles and disappeared for a year and sort of not yeah, that's was, over now. It is. But again, I didn't hear a lot of hype around Seattle last year. I think they made the finals and I, I that's how little like, and as somebody who's watched a considerable amount of women's basketball and WNBA basketball, like I can't even remember if they were in the finals or not. So it just feels like it, it's also argue just, against Asia Wilson. I don't have an argument against Asia Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> That's as why much I as, didn't bring it up, sir. As much as I'd like to try. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, again, I think, I think everything there's, Time of year is tough, but you can't take the ability for them to go earn money overseas away from them. You know what I mean? Unless you're going to match pay and make it, make it, you know, seriously competitive for going overseas and playing in whatever like foreign league they're going to play in yeah. during this time of year. It, having the WNBA, having the WNBA in the summer is always going to be tough to get eyeballs on. It just is. Well, and that's crazy. That's the thing that some people domestically don't understand. And uh, we had uh, we had one of the the players from the the New York Liberty on the team, and she was telling stories about how like like her and Kelsey Plum and a bunch of other people they had to go overseas to make money. Yeah, to make like real legitimate money, you have to go play elsewhere. Have to, or else you're making like $80,000 a year as a professional athlete. Yeah. Which again, $80,000 a year is nothing to sneeze at for, for the normal Joe. And your flying coach. Yeah. And your, and your flying coach. But like, yeah, it, it makes, you know, if you, if you can go overseas and make $500,000, a million dollars, you know what I mean? Why mm-hmm. not? 
How is my girl, uh, my girl Sabrina playing, who I used to see at Target all the time in Walnut Creek? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen a ton from her. I know she was battling a bunch of injuries uh, last year, and but I think, I think she should be good, good to go. I, like, can I, I just, just hope. Can I just say the least charismatic human being that's ever been put in a commercial? Well, again, this is, it, there's a marketability factor. She, like, excellent basketball player, but there, there's just. The personality isn't outwardly there, yeah. and it happens. It happens with that. It happens with everybody. Like there, the, every sport has that, uh, you know, superstar athlete on the field who just transcends zero in terms of like outside popularity. I mean, baseball is oh, yeah. the biggest Tim proponent Duncan. of it. Well, Tim Duncan's a great example, uh, and I mean, you talk about a guy like Demar Derozan. He's another guy who's not true. You know, he's he's an unbelievable NBA basketball player, and you just don't think about him unless your team's really playing him or you are a serious follower of the NBA. Now, this year is obviously a little bit different because he's been in the MVP conversation. Well, but weirdly, at, does does Joker fall into that category too? He definitely does. He definitely does. And, I mean, I was thinking the one that stands out the most is baseball when you talk about Mike Trout. I mean, I, I yeah. couldn't pick. And every you, other baseball player. Well, that too. But he is a guy who is, you know, could could potentially go down statistically as one of the best baseball players ever, if not the best. Mm -hmm. And from an overall statistics standpoint. And I could stop. 25 people on the street just walking in any major city and I could I would probably guess that like 23 out of 25 wouldn't know what he looked like. Yeah. And min like and and that's I I'm actually think I'm underestimating I think you're underestimating too. It's crazy. It's great. And they put him in commercials. He's in commercials and stuff. If you're in the Philadelphia area, he's at Eagles games, like you see him. But I that there's there's a superstar mentality both on and off the field that you need to possess to become that sort of household name and in like a have to must see TV kind of thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Where do you stand on these, uh, these women's final four games? Bavada's got, um, and but obviously these are, these are going to be on April 1st, Louisville, South Carolina and uh, Bavada has South Carolina big favorites minus I mean, South Carolina's just sort of rolled. I think they, they had a pretty close game in their Final Four game. Uh, and I, can't, I can't think of who they played. Uh, maybe it was Texas. Um, but it was, it was a relatively close game throughout. But they're just, they're, they're just so good. Don Staley's been absolutely unbelievable for South Carolina. I mean, like you talk about a program that went from pretty much nothing, like a non-factor, to a perennial powerhouse. Um, and Louisville, Louisville always seems to hang around in the final four when it comes to women. They're always, they always, and, and to be fair, they probably are the only basketball team at that university that matter anymore. <laughs> um, so, but I think that, uh, I think that South Carolina gets into the finals. They're just so good. Yeah, they, I had, sorry. No, go ahead. I had both the South Carolina and, uh, and UConn in that parlay we hit last week. That's see, this is what we're looking for. Money, 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 buddy. Yeah, I lost. I missed on a four gamer uh, last night because teams are stupid. <laughs> That's how it works. It's absolutely teams how it works. Are stupid. And I lost out on the Oscars bet because I guessed the wrong person slapping the wrong person. I was gonna say, did you bet on the wrong person to slap? 
Uh, yeah, no, like I, I don't know if I said it to you or I, I said it to whoever, but I had Sandra Bullock to slap Glenn Close. It was minus 120 at Bavada, and uh, <laughs> it felt like a lock, but... I mean, you almost had it. I almost, almost had, had it. Almost had What did you, uh, what'd you think of that? I mean, just a ridiculous, an absolutely ridiculous situation. Like, I... Uh, I never in I was I was getting ready to go to bed. I'm not an Oscars guy. I don't watch award no, I shows. I wasn't watching either. And all of a sudden, I was I was getting ready to go to bed. I was getting ready to shut my computer off, and I get like a Twitter notification, and I was like, it said like, "Is this real?" Yeah, that's and, what everybody was wondering. And I like went, and then I saw the whatever the Australian or Japanese footage of it, and I was like, "Well, tuning into this now. Now I'm not going to bed for another two hours." <laughs> Um, that it was stunning. I'm gonna Stun- watch Will give the sanctimonious speech when he wins in a couple of hours. Listen, uh, like for all the clowning that has happened to Will Smith over the course of the last, let's just say, three years, mm-hmm. that's that's where the line gets drawn. Like, well, oh, you saw the you saw the video. We know. I think we can guess pretty darn well what happened, regardless of the the PR spin that he is putting on it. You watch Chris Rock telling those jokes. You see Will Smith laugh at it. And then you see Jada not laugh at it. But, but like, how is that an adequate response to it? Oh, I think there's more going on in that relationship. Well, I'm sure, yeah. And, uh, and this was a, a bit of a tipping point for, for Big Willie stuff. It's just he—he he just kind of had to do what he had to do at that point, where uh, things were going to be way worse for him when he got home. But like from a from a like like it it's it's the Oscars, the presenters yep. or hosts or whoever it is, they they make jokes, they rip on like I I get it, man. But you're also like in her case, you put your whole life out on the internet. Yeah. Like, and also, it's not that. like Chris Rock wrote the joke, by the way. He's reading a teleprompter. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, and, and Chris Rock notoriously is a guy who has writers. Like, when he's hosted big award shows, he's had other comedians who have assisted him in writing jokes and yeah. writing monologues and things like that. Like, it, so who knows if, if it's him that even wrote that or if it, it is one of his comedian friends or one of the other writers on the uh, on the Oscars. Like, it's a... It it's just a bizarre scene. One of the weirdest moments in television I can I can even think of. Like mm-hmm. it makes it makes Kanye going up on stage and get doing the let the, I'm gonna let you finish conversation. <laughs> it makes that look like sane. Oh, for sure. It's for sure. wild. He didn't hit anybody. No, he just got up there and and said whatever, and then he just ran off. Well, and also like, how about the fact that he open hand slapped? Well, it's just unbelievably disrespectful i like the choice of the open hand slap in that situation was absolutely like that might be the best thing that he did it's like i'm gonna go commit assault but i'm gonna keep it below a certain level it's just i i just i don't understand why why like this is the biggest moment of your life you are the hands down favorite to win arguably one of the most important awards in acting Mm mm-hmm and that's where it starts like that's like that that's a reasonable reaction no that's a situation where you have to be like all right she didn't like the joke it is what it is i'm going to have to deal with this afterwards cuz i don't have time for this 
Like well, and also, oops, I messed up by chuckling. Yeah, but, but I mean, God, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And like, it, it, I will always side with a comedian going for a joke. That's just, it, it was, it, well, you know. the format, too. Well, that, the format in general, but like overall, just like comedy isn't, comedy isn't there to be taken as seriously as the world is now all of a sudden made it become. It's true. Like, it, it really isn't. And like, it's, it's celebrities just being celebrities and making fun of like everybody in the room. Everybody in the room's getting it. It's not just Will Smith. It's not just Jada. It's everyone. Right. Everyone's getting roasted. That's just how award shows work. And the fact that a response to any of that is some sort of physical violence is bizarre. It's a bizarre reaction. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> unexpected. Oh, unexpected to say the least. Uh, and also, like, nobody's talking about it. But apparently there was a, uh, there was a, a Williams sister nip slip as well. Oh, Jesus. I didn't catch that one. Yeah, no, uh, the only time I saw it referenced was like, the day after when the, like, <laughs> the Oscars were last night. There was an assault and a nip slip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can only imagine. I can only imagine that, like that's a good thing that that's overshadowed, I yeah, guess. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. But <laughs> I didn't investigate any further than that tweet. <laughs> well, I, was, I was satisfied with the tweet. That's commendable. I'll 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 give you that. What a weird. Well, it, you just can't hit people. Mm-hmm. You can't hit people for words. It's, like it doesn't. This, you're talking to your your young daughters here. I, yeah, I really kind of do. I, I've had this conversation almost daily. All right, Will. Now sit down. <laughs> just because somebody makes you mad doesn't mean it's all right to hit them. It's just yeah, like. And then the speech, the speech was just bizarre. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what, I don't know what goes through your head in that situation where you think like, you know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to come out swinging. At least I, like swinging, I would have respected. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, you know, like I said, the the disrespect of the slap plays, it plays better than going up there and cold cocking him with a punch. That would have been more interesting. And like, I would have been more okay with Will. It would have been a more masculine thing to do. I couldn't have more respect for Chris Rock. The only time, the only way I could have, the only way I could have more respect for Chris Rock is if he had had some sort of joke after. Oh, he hundred percent did. You can see it in his face. You can see himself. He, you can see him stop from saying the things he wants to say. Oh, 100 percent. Because he, like, he even sort of as he's composing himself, he said, oh, "I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna." Because he had it. He had whatever was ready. It was in. Sure. It was loaded to come out. And you know, he probably gained himself an invite to next year's by just kind of not not saying whatever he was thinking at that point. I saw a tweet yesterday. Uh, somebody said that if Will Smith went up and slapped Dave Chappelle, Chappelle would be into day three of uninterrupted Jada Joe. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. He would have never left the stage. No. Not, never. They would have had to just, they would have had to have a side stage where they could give out the rest of the, the awards. He's basically filibustering he, the Oscars. 
Ugh, it would have never ended. Mr. Smith goes to Washington style. Oh, crazy. Um, but we should turn our attentions back to what we're here to talk about, and that is, of course, the women's Final Four. UConn, Stanford. This one's much closer. Pavada's got Stanford favored by one. I mean, I'm down to take UConn. Me too. That game, that game the other night proved that they have it. Pay everybody's sort of sleeping on uh, on Page because Page had been injured for a good majority of the season. But you could see it last night, it locked in. I don't think I think I don't think she missed a shot in the oh, second she's half. Absolute stud. She missed. I think the only shot she missed, she missed like a, a short runner in like double overtime, but she was completely perfect for the entire second half, including at the free throw line. Uh, it was, it, you know, an absolute display of talent. Plus final four is in her hometown. It's from mm-hmm. Minnesota. It's in Minnesota. Might as well, might as well just pencil them in for the national title game. Hey, if you're here anyway, exactly. What do we think about the, uh, the Midland Dulcher BC versus MHP Horizon Ludwigsburg in the the Bundesliga. I don't even know what you're talking about. Some sort of German basketball. It is, I in fact, German's professional basketball. I was just taking a big guess. Yeah. You know, I, I hear. I threw some of this stuff in my uh, my one time my one time invite to Better Delight. There you go. That's that's what we're here. That's what you were there for. You had to come in and give us some of the Euro League stuff. Well, I feel like somebody's got to dominate the niche categories because everybody's looking for their thing, right? Exactly. That's exactly what they need. And everybody, uh, you know, should be listening to uh, Greg's other lesser show, Better's well, Delight, where <laughs> yes. he, he his brothers and some other guy uh, talk about talk about the gambling world. Also. Everybody, thanks so much for the continued support on uh, for me on In Pursuit of a Parlay on, on YouTube. And uh, in general, I think we were over 21,000 views on YouTube last week, which is uh, phenomenal. It's awesome. Coming off of a week where we did have uh, a winner, winner, chicken dinner, eight-pick parlay win, uh, final four this week. I'm looking to, uh, to go even further, man. Can we crack 25 before it drops down to almost nothing when it's just basketball, baseball, and, uh, and the like? We'll see. <laughs> it very well could be, but I love it. I love that you're hitting games. It's, it's, it's the fun part about sports. It's the other side of sports. It's been bad for me, though, Greg. Well, of course. It's, it's been bad it's for me. Every single day, every single morning, I open up Bavada and I'm like, oh. What can I do today? I don't know. If, I don't know if it's going to be an eight, but maybe I can. I get a four. Is there a four I feel good about? What kind of odds can we? Hey, that's that's how you got to look at it, though. All of a sudden, that's when you, if you can get locked in and start picking up a couple winners, it'll start to roll, and then all of a sudden you're on a hot streak, and then uh, you're you're like uh, you're like me on Better's Delight sometimes, where you just hit a brick wall and you got nothing. I would aspire to be more like Matt Crone on Better Still. I would be more like right now. It's the other guy who has had two. Uh, that doesn't sound right. I'm sure two, he's cheating. Two bailout weeks. This week was the best. They I got absolutely bailed out, but he gave out. He gave out the outright winner of the Dell match play. Scotty Scheffler uh, won the whole thing. He gave that out, which was hmm. big. He took St. Peter's. I think there's potentially point shaving going on. I'm going to start that rumor. Might as well. He took St. Peter's money line. He oh, was all over it. That's just St. Peter's, man, sp- sports books all over the world were utterly thrilled to see St. Peter's lose. 
Of course. St. Peter's offered the biggest potential liability for sports books ever. <laughs> That's uh, pretty ridiculous. I mean, they were never going to win. So I mean, they just like, needed I, two more, and they beat some pretty good teams. They 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 were never like the easiest line of the weekend was the eight and a half North Carolina against St. Peter's. It was it was never it was never going to happen. Yeah, never. Saint. Uh, so all right, I'll give you Kentucky. Kentucky's a very good team. Fine. Pros on that team. Maybe they're disjointed. It's sort of the Calipari curse of the one and done situations. Uh, he always seems to have that one clunker year every once in a while when it comes to to the tournament. Well, and then this, you move was, this on. is a weird roster. Too. Yeah, then you move on and you play Murray State, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Murray State, very good. Higher profile because of the John Morant situation. Yeah. Still a mid-major. That's where it's tough. You didn't have to play, you know, the seventh seventh ranked ACC team you got the number one team and whatever I forget I can't think of their division right now or their conference but you got to play Murray State Mm -hmm. so you have a legitimate shot there matching up then you go to Purdue that's where I thought the big problem was yeah so did everybody who watched that game and watched Zach Eady eat for part of the second half and bring basically you know They'd take over the game. Him and Williams, they both it just kept giving them the ball, and they would score every time. Yeah. the The issue becomes is Matt Painter can never get it done. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the eternal question now: is do you move on from Matt Painter if you're Purdue? Because he's clearly never going to win a national championship. Doesn't matter. They have twin tower team after twin tower. How many seven footers can go through Purdue? And them just never be good enough. Or talented guards, Carson Edwards, Jaden Ivey. Like, guys just go in and out of that, that, that roster. And you're going, you can go all the way back to, like, Robbie Hummel days. Guys who were excellent <laughs> college basketball players on excellent Purdue teams. And they never do anything tournament-wise. So it was almost a matter of, like, well, the, the universe knows that Purdue never wins in the tournament versus this is a 15 seed. We're in uncharted territory. And then it's like, do we fire Matt Painter? But we're always in the Sweet 16. Yeah, but we never get past the Sweet 16. Right. If we fire Matt Painter, are we just never getting back to the Sweet 16? Like, it's a very big catch-22 if you're a Purdue fan. Robbie Hummel's playing on that uh, FIBA 3-on-3 World Tour team. He's very good. He was very good. I thought, what, was he, he was a Timberwolf for a minute? Hey, probably. He's been out. Of, he's been a Big Ten commentator for a long time. Yeah. Yes, he has. He's pretty good. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think he's fine on those games. Like anytime Big Ten Network has some of the bigger matchups to, during the week and things like that, he's usually. I think he's either he might be their number one guy, maybe number two guy. And well deserved, the guys. He's put in the time. And hey, anybody just hanging out and playing in those weird three on three leagues now, it's uh. God bless. I, I mean, I'd play in a three on th- a three on three league. Now, granted, the last time I played basketball, I broke my wrist, mm-hmm. so maybe not. When your shoe Riddle. fell apart. Yep, yep. Zion did, <laughs> and then broke my wrist. Zion did. I think it was a little different. Uh, yeah, probably, probably a little bit different. But you know, I digress. I'm gonna say you're a better athlete than Zion. At this point, we're we're in a similar weight class. Well, who so, would have who would have guessed that? For a guy whose whole game was athleticism and jumping, that carrying an extra 70 pounds was probably going to be a problem with him. 
I, I mean, who, how could anyone have predicted this? What really makes it worse is how good John Morant is. Oh my God, he's so it. it he's Iverson. It, it always, yeah, yes. It always, it always seems to happen this way though. When the number one pick just sort of isn't working out, that number two guy, he's there. He's there to just steal all the shine and just be the best player in the history of the world. Like that's Durant, Odin, and obviously Jordan well, was three, but Jordan Bowie. I like, don't. I mean, not working out is a tough thing to say. Zion, yeah, he's gonna miss the whole season with foot injuries. Averaged twenty-seven points a game last year. No, yeah, no, no. I'm I'm not declaring Zion a bust. I'm just saying that there are times and situations like this currently that you make that pick, and then the guy right below you is just a dynamite player. Dynamite. Yeah, I've Tim been, Couch, I've, Donovan McNabb, <laughs> Achilles Smith. I've yeah. been saying uh, Cade McNabb is in that draft. I've been saying it for a while now, but. John Moran is the closest thing to Allen Iverson that I've seen since Allen Iverson. It, it's it's bananas how similar their games are. Yes, he taller. has been he has been absolutely fantastic, and like his ability to get to the basket, it does. It's very resemblant of uh, resemblant. That can't be a word. Uh, it definitely resembles that of Allen Iverson. The ball handling, just the ability, the ability to sort of take a game over too, and and. Even though everybody knows that it's going to be you going to the basket or trying to get your own shot and still just constantly being able to do it, it's the best. It's the funnest thing to root for when he's your guy. For sure. All right. Let's look at the men's final four. Number two, Villanova. Number one, Kansas Jayhawks. Bavada's got Kansas minus four and a half. Could there have been a more polar opposite team, Kansas second half, first half to second half this past weekend? Like, they went from, like, looking really disorganized and Miami hanging with them to just absolute obliteration of Miami. It was yeah. it was wild. The craziest part about this is there's there's a thing that I am involved in where you pick players for the tournament and whoever has the... Oh, right. How's that going? Uh, well, the guy who killed, who's killed me the entire time is Slater from Villanova. He has scored, like, zero points. He's not good. I don't know why you picked him. Well, it was the last pick. I had I had no other options. Honestly, Colin Gillespie's not doing great right now either. Well, regardless. Um, but when I was making the when I was making the um the lists of all the players, I was like, wow, Remy Martin is the fifth leading scorer on Kansas for the S- season. Sort of. He had injuries. Well, sure, but it was just it was just perplexing. And I was like well, that, that, that can't be true. And then you've watched him throughout this tournament, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why he was the best player on Arizona State for, like, three straight years. Yeah. Um, and, it, like, they are a very complete team, and it's very, very tough to pick against them. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, when you look at Villanova, I think that that Moore injury is a real game changer. Sure is, Greg. It sure is. Well, they're just not a deep team. They win with five, six guys, and that's what they do. Well, and Jordan Longino's out already with the meniscus. Yeah, so it's it's just, yeah, like, it's a bummer. It was a real bummer. And, like, as soon as it happened, I was sitting there watching it with uh, with my wife and just, like, as soon as you see the like see that the play and they they showed the first replay and I was like well that looked weird and then they showed it again and I was like oh yeah it's 
That is very unfortunate in terms of timing and injury just in general. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you hope that he can come back next year and, and be be back, but they're going to have to play a, a very perfect game to beat this Kansas team. It's going to be very tough. Yeah, I'm shocked that they beat that Houston team getting almost nothing out of, well, Brandon Slater, Justin Moore, and Colin Gillespie. Yeah, I mean, Houston was a really good team. But they Nova has the ability to sort of slow the game down. They they slow the game down. They make the plays when they have to. They're very, like, I don't want to say fundamentally sound, but that is kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah like, they are... They, Literally they, the best free-throw shooting team of all time. Yeah, they're, they're just, like, very composed. They don't get flustered, really. I mean, Gillespie did throw the ball out of bounds at one point. Oh, he was uh, terrible. While he was getting pressed, he but, was terrible. Yeah, and can we talk about that that play where Justin Moore tore his Achilles? What was the call there? I don't they know. Basically, inbounded the ball to Justin Moore. He dribbled to the right side, kind of had the ball for about twenty seconds, and went to the basket. At no point did he pass. If he no. made a smart basketball play, he'd be playing in the final. Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It, it was it was like Doc Rivers ISO ball. Mm-hmm. Not great. Times a hundred, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Rivers at least lets the point guard bring the ball up. Well, to be fair, they, it's amazing that they even have a point guard at this point. And a spectacular one at that. Great mm. passer. Spectacular is definitely one way to put it. I'm down. Oh, with it. are you are you hating on James Harden already? Oh no, I'm fine with Harden. I'm just messing around. He needs to, he needs an off season though. That hamstring's not right. Uh, see, now we're already. My issue is the excuses we're already making. I mean, his hamstring was hurt. He literally missed games, and and it's not it's not difficult to see that his best games come after rest. Well, uh, yeah. So he's gonna have plenty of rest in the playoffs. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Plenty, plenty. plenty of rest, playing forty three and a half minutes a game. Listen, not my problem. Get out, get out there, Jim. Time to time to win the time to win the uh, the NBA championship. It's all right. This the positive thing about the Harden move is it, it extends the window a little bit longer. So we yeah. shall see. I am uh, obviously rooting for the best possible outcome, but we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about that. Let's talk about the North Carolina Duke game, number eight. North Carolina, number two, the Duke Blue Devils. Duke four point favorites at Bavad. This is this might be the most exciting game. Like anticipation wise, in a really long time in the in like the NCAA tournament, and you knew this was going to happen too. I mean, it was almost built for it. You want to talk about people thinking things are staged? This this is one of those things that you could think is a completely staged situation. Yeah, like North Carolina gets the draw of Baylor, who's missing their two top like two of their top players. Uh, they then proceed. I mean, first they get Marquette, who was clearly terrible. Then you get the Baylor team. Then you move on. Who did they beat in the third round? It was um. Ah, oh, now it's gonna. Oh, they beat somebody who was like, and the game wasn't close. I I can't remember. Um, whatever it was, it was like last Thursday, last Friday is when they beat them. And then, but then you get St. Peter's, and you just knew it was gonna be all set up. Yeah. And then Duke all of a sudden's turned around and been like an unstoppable force. Like we talked about last week on the show. Like how is this team not just beating everybody with the amount of talent it has? And now all of a sudden it is. This is, there are so many storylines with this game. Like if UNC ends Coach K's career in the final four, (laughs) like you thought the Cameron loss was bad. 
Duke can never, they will never, they can never recover. They could never recover from this when it comes to trash talking and being able to say anything. I don't care how many national championships you have. I don't care how many that, like, we not only ended your coach's career at Cameron Indoor, we also knocked him out and he lost his final game to us in the final four with a trip to the title game on the line. Um, just, just absolutely wild. Uh, to be fair, I think I think it's going to be a very close game. I kind of like. I'm leaning North Carolina right now. They just played such good basketball. Caleb Love's been unbelievable for them. Baycott obviously dominated the boards against St. Peter's, which I kind kind of expected. Manic has been sort of the best third piece you can you could imagine. Like I don't think I ever saw this or envisioned this when he was a freshman at Oklahoma playing with Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Like him now, it's like a completely different game. He's more aggressive. It's not just sort of a stand there and pop and shoot kind of guy like it felt like he was when he was there uh, in Oklahoma. It's it's a much different game. It feels so. I mean, they have a shot, but Duke Duke's been playing really well too. Like they've been, they've been sort of un, unbelievable when it, when it mattered. They closed out Texas Tech very impressively. They didn't have to play Gonzaga. You end up playing, uh, you end up playing. Why can I not think of who they beat in the final four? I, I'm I'm losing my mind here. And maybe the Novocaine's getting me. Arkansas. Uh, they beat they beat Arkansas in that final in that Elite Eight game. And I mean, they they just played Arkansas like a fiddle. Plus the SEC teams stink. Like they really do. They're, they're just they're just not good, and they can't stack up with with the teams from like the Big Twelve or the ACC in particular. So I just like I I cannot be more pumped for this game on Saturday. It is going to be so awesome. Oh no question. And because I have no allegiance to either, like I don't really care who wins. Whoever I just hope whoever I bet on wins. That's that's where we're at. Um, yeah, no, this is going to be, it's going to be a super fun weekend. Let's talk about Bavada's odds to win the national championship. And, uh, that starts Duke, the favorite plus 140, followed by Kansas plus 180, UNC plus 500 and Villanova plus 600. Um, I think I, I, I have to think that that I would go with Duke, uh, Duke or UNC. I think that they have. You think Duke. North Carolina could beat Kansas? I think it would be a very interesting game. I think it would be a very interesting game, um, because again, sometimes it's not about who the better team is. Sometimes it's about riding that hot hand. And North mm. Carolina right now has that hot hand. They just do. Um, they they've they've sort of been hit. It's sort of kind of like Duke, if we're being perfectly honest. But they've been hitting on all cylinders. They've been playing sort of their best basketball of the year. And Kansas can be vulnerable. I don't know if you can have a half against a team like Duke or North Carolina like they did against Miami in that first half and win a game. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think either of those teams shut down the way that Miami did. Like, Miami doesn't have the talent of a Duke or North Carolina Uh, No way. So I I think it would be very interesting. I think, obviously, if you want to say, you know, eight, seven, I'd say seven times out of ten, that Kansas team probably beats North Carolina, maybe even a little bit more. Maybe it's eight. But I'm I'm very, I'd be very interested to see how that matchup would go. But I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the Carolina teams. I think it's either Duke or it's North Carolina that, that 
ends up with the trophy at the end. And what is the, what is the exact result? Give me the, the team beats the team. Let's say, I'd say it's, I'd say it's Duke over Kansas. Which is the favorite at Pavada plus 225. That's eh, not surprising. That, that actually makes a lot of sense, if I'm being honest. It, <sighs> seems, it seems fitting. Can I, I tell like, you, I'm thinking about, uh, thinking about making a little bet right now, Greg. Oh, yeah? Thinking about making a little bet right now. I'm looking at it. Because things get a little funky when you're including a, a future. In with the in with game results, so right now I've got a two-team parlay, which is three bets at plus fourteen eighty-five. Whew. If I bet this ten dollars to win one twenty-eight fifty three time, eh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's Duke Kansas win. Duke beats Kansas in the in the national championship. Making epic. cash. Let's go. I think, uh, I, think I, I think I gotta get in on this right now. Why not? I think I'm gonna do it right now. I'm I'm placing these bets, Gregory. Nothing nothing better than spur of the moment bets like that. When you just kind of get that feeling, that's what that's what we're talking about. Three bets. Let's let's yeah. Why not, man? Why not win <laughs> some money tonight? Yeah, I mean, hey, that'll be Place. a great Tuesday morning. Play. This combination of selections is not allowed. <laughs> like, why tell me that I can't do that? What didn't it let me do? Stop it beforehand. Yeah, right? Some bets not played. What, what did it not let me do? Also, what's the message that I got? Oh, Bavada's increasing the max payout in their sports book, Gregory. Look at that. Have you... Ever dreamed of hitting a monster parlay? Yes. Every Friday morning. I mean, literally every day of my life. I put a 31 cent in first, 31 cent first to score parlay in. It went one and four. There, I think there was five games. You throw in, they pick a first person to score in each game, put them all together. 31 cents paid like 2,500, something like that. Didn't work out, but worth Worth a shot, low risk, high high reward. Well, I respect the level of uh, I don't know, degeneracy that it requires to do that. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but that's really <laughs> the that's really the theme of the show. <laughs> it really is. It McDonald's really, all American really is. game going on right now. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that that was tonight. It should be fun. Yeah, I started recording. I missed the first ten minutes or so. Eh, it happens. I like I like the McDonald's All American game. It's not a, I mean it's they play harder than like the NBA All Star game and stuff like that. But it's it's a good intro into the the players are gonna have to pay attention to for the next year or so. Yeah, for sure, because they're still trying. They're still trying to just get their name out there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh yeah, trying to be trying to be the name that people talk like like that people recognize or want to see at the next level. So I'm I'm down with watching a game like that and getting to know some of these people. Yeah, well, a lot of these guys, this is the first time that the national public is going to be introduced to them. And there's some, there's some good players in this class, which is, by the way, utterly dominated by Duke. Duke, three of the top five recruits in the class, including the 7-1 Derek Lively, the top recruit. Uh, 6'11", shooting 4-5 Kyle Filipowski going to Duke. And uh, just a man among boys, crazy athlete, Derek White. Must be nice to be John Shire taking over that uh, 
taking over that program with that type of uh, that type of recruiting class on the on the way, right? I'll tell you what, Shire is lucky that he got in early because there'd be some there'd be some uh, some Vegas money on Shaheen Holloway. I mean, absolutely, there would be. Like that that dude has earned himself a paycheck, my man. Absolute paycheck, and deservedly so. I mean, let's like to be fair. Did anyone ever consider? Like that, that that team could do anything, let alone be Kentucky. But obviously, getting being the first fifteen seed to the Elite Eight is an an accomplishment. Like I don't know how often that can even get recreated if it ever happens again. Hey, the second most impressive accomplishment in the NCAA tournament, Greg, so far. What's the first one? Villanova becoming the first number two seed to ever beat a the number five seed in the uh, in the Elite Eight. When they when they flash that. That is unbelievable, and like I, I, I'm sure obviously that matchup doesn't happen every year, so it's yeah. a tiny bit misleading. But the fact that a two seed never beat a five seed is—it's actually almost like unimaginable. Yeah, I think the fives were four and now. Like, I, I just don't understand it. How is that possible? Doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I, don't, I mean, I guess like if you break it down, the five seeds are probably like what third or fourth in their in their respective conferences. So I, I mean I guess the matchups and the teams are probably closer than we think, but just wild. Just an absolutely wild stat that that it just threw out there, like didn't even talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. And I was shocked to hear it. I I was stunned. I thought I thought maybe it was like one of those like uh, it was for like this region or whatever uh, uh, the east region or the south region or the Midwest region. They've never had it, uh, but no, just it being overall was crazy. Just crazy to me. By the way, Arkansas also a crazy class with uh, three of the top twenty two recruits in the country headed to play for Eric Musselman next year. Dude, that guy he knows how to recruit. He knows how to get people there. Uh, they've been nothing but impressive. Like I mean. How how could you not be, how how could you uh, how could you not be like impressed with what the guy's done back to back elite elite eights from Arkansas? Yeah, Arkansas, like it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense that they would even have anywhere near that amount of talent uh, coming through there. That's not a basketball school. They're the Razorbacks. They're yeah, the that's the alma mater of Matt Jones, uh, Jerry Jones, all the Joneses. Every Jones you could think of. The Matt Jones thing was one of the craziest draft, uh, cra- craziest draft situations ever, where basically an option quarterback who happens to be 6'6", 235 pounds, runs like a 4'3", <laughs> and all of a sudden he's a, a highly drafted wide receiver who shockingly didn't work out. Yeah. By the way, if, I- you're, uh, if you're messing around on Bavada next year and you're talking about this, this Duke team and you're, you're wondering... Will they out-rebound their opponent? I would say yes. <laughs> they have four top 13 recruits coming in. 7-1, That What? That's pretty good. insanity. Yeah. Pretty that's... good. They're, they're going to start 7-1, 6-11 in the front court. I, I just... I don't under... I don't understand. Like, uh, the size... The, like... You think about those guys, and like then, that means that there's somebody out there who's in that six foot five range, six foot six, who's just playing point guard. Like that's just it. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. What? 
It'll be interesting, man. It's going to oh, be interesting. I, college basketball is always so much fun. It's always this time of year. I'm like, why didn't I watch more of it? And then I realized it's, it's always on during every night of the week. And I have the ability to do it. And I just, some nights I just can't. I just can't get into whatever games are on. Oh, this is an interesting game. I, I'm, on a, I'm on 247 Sports. I was looking at the recruiting ranking. And they give the all-time commits, the highest-rated all-time commits for any individual program. This is real. This, is, this could potentially be a fun game. Oh, yeah? What college basketball team would you say you know the most? Oh, are you talking about just from a roster standpoint? Yes, and roster and history standpoint. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's Duke. I don't know. All right, let's play the Duke game. I guess game. it has to be. The Duke game. I'm going to give you, I've got, let's see, number nine, number 10 here. I got, I got the top 10, the top 10 all-time recruits by, by a prospect rating coming out of high school. Let's see how many you can get before you get three strikes. And when by the way, s- by, by the way. Like I said, number ten. You got ten shots here. I'm looking. I'm looking at the uh, the entertainment props at Bavada right now, and they've got you getting three and a half. <laughs> oh yeah, that they put the line up already. Yeah, I mean, they're just paying attention to what we're doing at all times. <sighs> when did they start with the the recruit ranking? Uh, I can't tell you that because I don't know, but I can tell you that the oldest recruit in this is 2003. Okay. And I can also, I'll give you another hint, that yes, 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 yes. Maybe. Um, of those applicable, all are pros. All, all were NBA players. Okay, so Kyrie Irving. Shockingly, no. What? Kyrie comes in at number 13. Strike one. And so I'm looking for the top five? Uh, I, was, I said ten, but we can do five. Right, no, ten, ten's fine. And uh, I will say, there's a name on this list that you'll be shocked. Uh, where? Wow. 247. Okay. Here's the, the positive here that you can, you can have when you get two of these guys, is that these rankings are weird. <laughs> uh... Is Jaleel Okafor on there? Jaleel Okafor, number eight, with a .9995 out of uh, one. Uh, he didn't go. <laughs> is it Tatum? Tatum's got to be on there, right? Jason Tatum is on the list. However, he comes in at number 16. Jabari Parker? Jabari Parker on the list comes in at number 14. You got what? one. What are we doing? <sighs> Why maybe I need to go more new school. Uh, that could help you with recent stuff. I mean the game's already over, but for just for the interest of the next couple of minutes. I mean Bancaro's gotta be on there. Paolo Bancaro. Number ten. Who is the goofball that they just had? Uh, who was who was like the number one recruit? Zion. This is the one that shocked me. Zion, number seventeen, sandwiched between Jason Tatum and Kyle Singler. I mean, that's insanity. Yeah. 
That doesn't. I, I I got nothing. If that's the list, I have absolutely no. I have absolutely nothing. All right. Number twenty-five, Jalen Johnson. Number twenty-four, okay. Frank Jackson. Number twenty-three, Tyus Jones. Number twenty-two, Wendell Carter Jr. Number twenty-one, Trayvon Duvall. I'm surprised he's not higher. Thought he was the number one player in his class, although just an unmitigated disaster in college. Yeah. Number twenty. Incoming freshman Derek Whitehead, number nineteen, Vernon Carey, number eighteen. Kyle Vernon Singer. Carey, that's who I was late thinking of. <laughs> Wrong, but, but it's Vernon funny Carey that that's who you were thinking of with some of the guys in the, in front of him. But uh, eighteen, Singler, seventeen, Williamson, sixteen, Tatum, fifteen, incoming freshman Kyle Filipowski, fourteen, Jabari Parker, thirteen, Kyrie Irving, number twelve, Brandon Ingram, number eleven, Cam Reddish. Uh, Tennis mm-hmm. Bancaro, number nine, son of Doc Rivers, Austin Rivers, number wow. eight, Jelly Alokafor, number seven, the oldest player on this list, Luel Deng, number nine, uh, number six, Sean Livingston, number five, Harry Giles, number yeah. four, Josh Harry Giles, McRoberts, McRoberts, really? Number three, incoming freshman Derek Lively the second, number two, Marvin Bagley. Ah, Bagley. And I number one, the only player on this list with a perfect 1.0. All the names mentioned. Anybody Anybody not? Anybody stick out? It's not R.J. Barrett. It is R.J. Barrett. Wow. Bizarre. <laughs> what? What is going on? Yeah, How, I, it's that, weird, dude. Villanova, that, they say the top-rated recruit all-time at Villanova was... <laughs> Uh, uh, Muhaf to Yaro from uh, 2009. I know. I was going to say, I don't even know who that is. JRE number two, Brian Antoine, Amari Spell. Where is Tim Thomas? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, how's Mike Nardi not on this list? I'm looking to see. Top 20, <laughs> neither, neither Mike Nardi or Scotty Tim- Reynolds? Scotty is number 23. Uh, Javon Pinkston, who I spent a lot of time with at the Fellowship House, number 25, because <laughs> he was doing community service, theoretically helping do uh, the book. Well, hey. <laughs> uh, number 24, Tyrone Johnson, 23 is Scotty, Justin Morris, 22, Archidiaknos, comma, Ryan, 21. Uh, the, the missing shooting guard right now, Jordan Longino, number uh, 20. Who, who else is interesting? Oh, Shafu, number 18. Uh, current current players: Jermaine Samuels and Trey Patterson. Patterson doesn't play though, despite the fact that he's a better, apparently a better recruit. Uh, fifteen and fourteen. Cole Swider, number thirteen. Kyle Lowry, number twelve. Corey Stokes, eleven. Quinterly, uh, ten. Corey Fisher, nine. Malik Waynes, eight. Dominic Cheek. Oh, I'm so excited when they signed Dominic <laughs> Cheek and Malik Waynes, and it didn't. Didn't work out. Jalen Bronson, number six. Cam Whitmore, incoming freshman, number five. Amari Spellman, Brian Antoine, JRE, and Yara. That's insane. Insane. All right. Well, I just need to see North Carolina before we go. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be ridiculous. The list has to be. If they, these are the lists from Duke and Villanova, I can't imagine. I wonder what Kentucky's looks like, too. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. North Carolina's not as interesting. There's no, like, because it doesn't go back far enough to have some of the like the big name, right? When you're talking about like '90s 
Yeah, like Michael Jordan is not on this list, for example. Yeah, Vince uh, Carter isn't on the list. Vince Carter's not on the list. Who is the all? Who? What's your guess? Number one all-time recruit, UNC. I will tell you that during the the McDonald's game, when I saw him play for the first time, he was compared to Kobe Bryant. It did not make sense to me immediately. And how far back does it go? Is it still um, 03? I mean, it went to 03. This one, this one is not that far back. It's compared to Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Current NBA player. Uh, man. <laughs> that is... I, I'm I'm completely long. Like I have uh, current NBA player too. Uh, is it? Um, oh, that's gonna bother me. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> I I keep wanting to say Justin jo- Jackson, but I know that's not it. That's not it. No. Yeah. Uh, who is it? Harrison Barnes. Ah, okay. I should have remembered Harrison Barnes. Uh, Kentucky loaded, as you would imagine. Um, former 76er James Young comes in at 25, Terrence Jones, Randolph Morris, former 76er, uh, Ennis Cantor, number 19, Bam Adebayo, mm. 18, uh, Alex Poitras, former 76er, number 16, uh, Marcus Teague, 15, Aaron Harrison, 14, De'Aaron Fox, 13, Brandon Knight, 12, BJ Boston, 11, Cat, number 10, doesn't make sense to me. Nope. <laughs> Andrew Harrison, number nine. MKG, uh, number eight. Shaden Sharp, who is apparently declaring for this year's draft, number seven. DeMarcus Cousins, six. John Wall, five. Julius Randle, three. Okay. Uh, sorry, Julius Randle, four. Top three, Greg, real quick. Anthony Davis. Number two. Uh, you said Julius Randle, so I know that. I'll tell you, they're it. all big guys. All basically but- the same height. Willie Cauley Stein. Not on the list. Wow. Um, and justifiably so. We watched him play this year. No, I, 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 but from a college recruiting standpoint. One you're never going to get. One you absolutely should. And they're all like Anthony Davis? A similar size, not like. Uh, well, well what, so they're healthy uh, and playing NBA basketball? Technically, technically no. <laughs> well, um,. <laughs> Man, they're all big guys because my guess would have been Booker, but that's obviously not going to work. Um, you should absolutely get number one, the all-time best recruit at Kentucky. No, nah, now like it's in my head. I, 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 I'm, I'm blanking. I've had a personal interaction with him when I robbed him. Oh, Nerland's Noel. That one's <laughs> that's too much of a hint. <laughs> yeah, it is correct. The man who kicked off the process. And I sold him an empty box of Grand Theft Auto V by accident. <laughs> Who's the one I would never get? Scalabissier. Huh, Scalabissier, big miss. Big, big miss. miss. Big. All right, that's going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong, and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. And for Scalabissier, we'll see you next week. <laughs>